episode 25, Entropy. When we think of death, we tend to think of it as a sudden, quick event. And it can be in cases of trauma or acute conditions. Chronic conditions such as cancer, which is the second leading cause of death in North America amongst humanoids, are usually a much slower process. If dying from a heart attack or a car wreck are like unexpected evictions where you're suddenly tossed out of the place you've lived your whole life, then diseases are like moving to a new home. You slowly pack up your things, throwing out what isn't needed anymore, shutting down utilities, and finally turning out the lights behind you as you lock up. While it gives you and your loved ones time to get things in order, just like moving house, it isn't pretty. It's messy, exhausting, stressful, and often lonely work. Since Illness, disability, and death makes people uncomfy. This can make the process even more isolating for the person who is dying. And this process can start some time before the actual time of death. One of the first signs is decreased appetite as things slow down and less food is needed or Eating simply takes too much energy. Certain medications or diseases can also affect appetite. Certain processes will fluctuate, sometimes slowing down, then speeding up before slowing down again, or even stopping for a brief moment. Temporary stops in breathing, called apnea, means increased carbon dioxide in the blood so hyperventilation kicks in to compensate before leveling out. Then the cycle starts all over again. It's not distressing for the dying, but it can be for their loved ones. They'll become cooler to the touch as circulation slows down, but there may also be fever for a variety of reasons. They may appear jaundiced as renal failure sets in. Towards the end, muscles will relax, leading to incontinence and sometimes constipation. There can be hallucinations, which are probably the most disturbing symptoms of all to the ones they're leaving behind. Secretions can accumulate in the mouth and esophagus, causing the death rattle and can last for days. I'm not telling you this to make you fear death even more than you already do, but to prepare you because this is just the beginning.
As you can see, those who are previously at 8 or higher on the Merlin scale are now between 5 and 6. If they continue to decline at the same rate, they'll drop off the scale in a little over a month. Now, for those with a biofeedback threshold of theta, which is around 40% of the population, that would be bad. At this point, we have no idea how it spreads. Fomite, fluids, droplets, airborne, curse. My colleagues and I'd like to investigate further with contact tracing and try to find out the most common denominator amongst the clusters. Once we narrow it down, we can then make recommendations for preventative measures. That is a good idea, Hazel. Yes. Please do so, and keep us appraised of your findings. We'll pass them on to the Grand Council. Now, moving on to the business of Eric Malcolm. He's offered, unprompted, a form of reparation by teaching self-defense courses and firearms training. What does he expect in return? Have he broached the topic? Nothing. He overheard Julia and Addison discussing Krav Maga and offered to help expand their self-defense skills. Originally, it was specifically firearms because, and I quote, I can show you how to go for an arm or a leg. Either of those would stop me where magic wouldn't. Once we realized he also knows judo and Wing Chun, he started teaching us. And then he commented that if there was a bigger space, then he could teach others. He told me what they'd need, and I figured I could add an expansion easily enough and open classes to the community. Interesting. <laughs> it's not all that quick or easy to build an addition, sweetheart. You've never dealt with a garden. Mostly, I just have to convince the house, and the addition will be no problem. How is this possible? There's been a lot of magic in it over the years, and the residue has side effects, like there are actually three floors above ground, even though it only looks like two. I've heard of such houses. You're very lucky. I am. Best of all, I don't have to worry about bio-waste or dishes. Sorry, but can I get back to the trailer teaching children, please? Bio-waste? Never mind. Isadora has a point, as does Hazel. Besides, if Julia kills him while practicing, would it really be a loss? He has the same training that we could potentially be facing. Any students who learn from him will have an edge against Perthro. Unless he's training them with weaknesses his friends can exploit. Which is why I asked Koth and Julia to help teach and keep an eye on him. Julia's a bit young to be teaching. He's an experienced MMA fighter and great with children, who are likely to already know him, meaning they'll feel safer with him. They wouldn't need to feel safe if there wasn't a human who hunted their kind in their midst. Look, we all rely on our magic or abilities, even when we don't think we do. It's as natural as breathing. And if those are suddenly taken away, you're worse than helpless because you, you will freeze up. You mean the anti-magic darts? Yes. They are quite terrifying. It feels like something important. Vital. 
was scooped out of you, leaving you a weak, hollow shell. This isn't just my experience. Survivors from the lab who'd been hit report similar reactions to the darts. Malcolm can teach us all how to fight without our magic or abilities because they simply won't work against him. If worst comes to worst, then training can hopefully shorten that reaction time, or at the very least, brief exposure to his null aura could lessen that shock. Classes will be open to all, including you. You could even simply observe or even teach. A few volunteers have come forward with ideas for magical defense courses, as you'll find in the next section of the syllabus. Invisible versus intangible, which is right for you? Mental combat for numbskulls? Rubber and glue. Offensive capabilities of barrier spells. I believe training is a good idea. Uh, as do I. Very well. I see I am outvoted. Just remember, Hazel, if he's a danger, you will both be eliminated. Yes, Isadora. I remember. Do we have permission to be here? The owner's not... He's... He's dying. I'm never going to get used to saying those words. It's this... <laughs> Damn, I don't even know what to call this fucking illness. No, no permission because he's not likely to regain consciousness. Just stay over there a sec, would ya? Your aura might interfere with a wand. What are we looking for? Honestly, I have no idea. Anything out of the ordinary, I guess? A glowing green bottle that says poison on it? He was a fae, right? Everything's out of the ordinary for me. Yeah, brownie, but come on. We're not all that different. Your house is bigger on the inside and grows rooms, including a firing range. That was actually pretty smart, less likely to draw unwanted attention than at a public range. Okay, okay, fine. Anything that seems weirder than usual. Why isn't Julia performing as your usual partner in crime? Because I actually like him. You, I can spare. Besides, even if you did manage to catch it, I'm not sure it could even do anything to you since it eats magic and you're the least magical person ever. Besides, Nana always said bring the right tool for the job, so I brought the biggest tool I know. Uh, better a tool than a toy, I suppose. Uh... Nah, I'm a witch worst it'd do is turn me human because it weakens magic. It would seriously suck, but I'd survive. Julia would too, but it'd weaken him and he does not need that right now. Yeah, how's he doing? Less likely to kill you while in the middle of a PTSD flashback. That's good. Yeah, he'll want to have full presence of mind when he kills you. 
you know, I'm surprised you came back after that. Why are you doing this anyway, helping us? You like getting your nose broken every night? That was once. There was no salvaging that thing in the first place, and Julia did not do it any favors. And don't forget the thumb dislocation. But seriously, why? Why are you helping me right now? Is it because I know someone who can unlock that thumb drive? Because I'd have done that anyway. Yeah, I can't make things right, but I gotta do something to try. So, about that thumb drive. My friend should be back in town next week and we can set up a meeting. I know you don't want to let that thing out of your sight, but you realize you might have to leave it with him because it's not likely to be quick. Yeah. Okay, so you won't trust me with it, but you'll trust a complete stranger. I don't trust Otto not to chew on it. Okay, fair point. Although, he has gotten better since we got him rawhide chew toys and a Kevlar scratching post. Why do you keep inching away? It feels weird standing next to you because your anti-magic field negates my magic one. It makes you feel vulnerable and powerless, doesn't it? Welcome to how most humans feel around someone like you. Please, I'm hardly a threat unless I've got a wand or something like that. I can't just wave my hand and turn you into a snail. Magic doesn't work like magic. Wait, that made more sense in my own head. You didn't need a wand when Julia went down. I didn't even know I could do that. I just... Guess I really went and proved we are all monsters, huh? Trying to make up for your sins helps. Oh, that's what I've been doing. Why, I agreed to... Oh, oh. Ooh, a Captain Capers coupon. A clue? Mm, unlikely. They opened recently, and the earliest cases predate that. This one's just good for 50% off of the sea urchin stew. Ah! And stay there! What'd you find? Aww. Poor thing must be hungry. Ah, here. These Fliego poofs must be yours. Yeah. Did the big evil scary human scare you? What is it? I don't know, but it's adorable. I'll have to ask and find you a new home. You must be such a loved pet. I promise we won't leave you behind. Can't have you scaring other humans who will lock you in a nasty cupboard. Just don't bite this human. You don't know where he's been. Okay, back into your nest for now. There you go, buddy. Myora gives you the heebie-jeebies, but something with six eyes doesn't? Hey, one of those things is normal, and it's not you. <laughs> you know... I found a body recently. A dead orc. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? Why would I? It felt like when you've 
been somewhere, like a small void in an environment's magic. I might know something about that. Why were you there? Honestly, I don't know. I was so mad I thought I might suck the life at... Maybe go American Mary on him? Hogtie him and call his elders, even though Julia doesn't want... <sighs> I came up with other creative scenarios, some involving hellfire ants. Good thing I got there first, then. Yeah, I remember your stance on torture. If you'd gotten that far, you were going in without a plan. I think best on my feet. Wait, how did you know it was him? I mean, it was pretty obvious what happened since Julia did pound you into the mat, but how did you find him? I was checking the bugs the other night and overheard Julia. I don't actively listen. It was... I asked the band about their roadies. He wasn't hard to find. Okay. Neither of us will ever speak of this again. But you put yourself at risk. Yeah, you were going to do the same thing. I could get away with it. I have evidence, and there are ways to extract memories, replay past events. I didn't go to our elders with it because Julia asked me not to. Didn't mean I was going to let the bastard go on living his life like nothing happened. You, on the other hand, with your history, might be seen as a threat and eliminated. I didn't know you cared. I mean, anyone who helps you commit some breaking and entering, assault and battery, a little homicide. Work buddies. You've got some odd work buddies. Right, I forget who I'm talking to sometimes. What is it now? Hey, Malcolm, this is really awkward to ask, but remember when we first met? I asked if you'd ever played guinea pig for Perthrow? Yeah. They tried, but nothing really took. Why do you ask? Well, this virus that's been going around, it behaves a lot like your nullification or a field thing. It eats magic. And... You remember how I was going to see if maybe it could jump to humans using your DNA? The sequencing came back just now, and look. Here, you see? I'm not a geneticist, but this is your DNA here. And this one is from one of the first victims. You're thinking they made a bioweapon from my DNA? The thing is, to do that, they'd have to have an immortal cell line. So, unless you've volunteered more recently, were any of those samples taken from tumors that you know of? No, no cancer, nothing like that. I'm going to have to make some calls. 
for some reason. They didn't cover bioweapons in med school, and asking about them was sure to get you a failing grade in ethics. But that's a problem for future Hazel. Hey, found his computer. Might be something on it. If you find anything printed out, no sense in a digital copy because that'd just be handing it right back to Perthro. Here, have your research that you need on a silver platter. Hey, she learns. After having you in my class, I was starting to think there was no getting through that skull of yours. Ha ha, says he who forgets I'm perfectly capable of sedating his ass. Hey, sorry about not giving you a heads up about Koth. I didn't know how to break the news, and I shouldn't have dropped that on you like that. I'm not sure a warning would have helped. Koth says you went to high school together? Yeah, I mean, we weren't close or anything back then. It just... You get to know each other when you go to the same school and you're both magical weirdos. How'd you two meet? He mentioned you were married to Ingrath's sister? Her name was Karina. I actually met her through Koth. We went to the same dojo. It, you don't have to confessional time. That was eight years ago. Eighteen months later, she married me, even though I was getting shipped overseas. Found she was pregnant not long after. It was hard on her. At the time, I didn't know how hard. I came back home to bury her, Karina, and our stillborn son. Oh, fuck, Malcolm. Then I found out that the doctor she'd been seeing was some sort of new age healer. I blamed her because I thought if only Karina had gone to a real doctor instead of some quack, I'd still have my family. When Winthorpe, Frank, sent me to retrieve her, I saw it as a chance for revenge. Then I saw the things she could do, prevent rejection syndrome and cross-species transplants, heal a wound with a touch. Figured if she could do that, there must have been something wrong with the pregnancy that not even she could fix. Working with her? I don't know. She stopped seeming like a monster. I could tell she hated what she did. If the woman who let my family die was squeamish over this, who was the monster? The monster was the one who took my grandmother from me in some sick, twisted form of revenge against someone who did her best to keep your family alive. Fuck! I was a fool for thinking you were worth saving. I'm such an idiot. Not all your people are benign. Some prey on and eat mine. You didn't give two shits about who was dangerous and who wasn't. You took a dad whose worst crimes were against fashion, gutted him, and then threw him out like trash. I noticed you only grew a conscience after a human kid paid the price. What about the supernatural kids? You're not the one who has to try and comfort a traumatized kid who wakes screaming from nightmares where they relive what was done to them. Oh, you'd know about wholesale slaughter. Didn't hold back when given a chance. You do that sort of thing a lot? At least I wasn't a guard dog for a murderer who wanted to play with people like their goddamn Mr. Potato Heads. Fuck you. I could have walked away and let you deal with Perthro alone. I brought you what I could when I could. I'm only here right now because you asked me to. I don't have to sit here and be your emotional punching bag. My grandmother would have done everything in her power to help because that's who she is. And now she could barely do that because every time someone comes to her, she remembers what you forced her to do. 
You know why your wife was going to my grandmother? She was a Selkie. What? She was one of us. Karina was a Selkie. Why are you dishonoring her memory? Dishonor? Like, being a Selkie is a bad thing? Shit, no wonder she didn't tell you if that's how you react. Call Ingreth if you don't believe me. Were you married to her when you sold your soul to Perthrow? Don't ever mention my wife again. You're not worthy to speak of her. Asshole. Would you have sold her to Perthrow to experiment on? Fine! Let me go! I told you you're not worthy. Thank you for listening. Today's episode was written and performed by Brenna Anderson Dowd, with Keith Baldwin as Malcolm, Kyle Knudsen as Ballard, Stasi Dimitrova as Isadora, Queenie Todd as Ferex. Sound design by Frederick Elmore, with music by Kevin Elmore. Find us on Facebook at Care and Feeding of Werewolves, tweet us at CareWerewolves, or email us at FeedingWerewolves at gmail.com. Please rate and review. Care and Feeding of Werewolves is a podcast distributed by Kerfuffle and Chaos Productions and licensed under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution share-alike 4.0 International. All content on the Care and Feeding of Werewolves podcast is fictional and for entertainment purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your doctor or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of an episode. Reliance on any information provided by Care and Feeding of Werewolves, Kerfuffle and Chaos Productions, or anyone involved with the production of this podcast is solely at your own risk. Remember, folks, only two things are certain, death and taxes. And even the latter is optional, if you're rich enough. <laughs>